Hi there, Dickens Olewe here. Thanks for checking in. This interview is part of a 10-part special series about how the media in Africa covers politics, governance, and elections. With my guest, we'll explore the challenges and ideas of how journalism can support, not undermine democracy. So look out for the other interviews on your podcast feed. Let me know what you think about the series. Okay, here's the pod. Enjoy. Uh, personally, I would expect the press to do more like uh, a pedagogic job of explaining the benefits of um, the um, transition, like the opportunity that this transition represents for um, the, the Chilean people. And then leading to the, to the elections uh, is more about the accountability, once again, like the transparency of the process. My name is Mudwe Daga. I'm currently completing a PhD, finalizing a PhD in politics and international relations from SOAS, University of London. Uh, I'm from Chad and my research is about uh, uh, identity politics. How does identity influence the politics in Chad? Right, so basically from, uh, from the theoretical um, perspective, what I'm trying to say is that when, obviously when you read about Africa, most, most of the time people think in terms of uh, ethnic groups, like how the agency of the individuals is built around ethnic identification. So in my own case, I've been trying to see how beyond what divides people, like um, in terms of reading agency, in terms of uh, ethnic identity, what I'm trying to say is that after these many years of uh, sovereignty, of at least of formal uh, from decolonization, how can we think of Africans in terms of belonging to a nation rather than belonging to ethnic groups. Obviously, that comes from reading Africa, like I said, like when you read elections or when you read, uh, um, especially like conflict in Africa, what is emphasized is the ethnic identity of the protagonist. So here I'm trying to see whether beyond uh, those types of identifications, which is ethnic belonging, how can we see Africans are belonging to nations rather than just belonging to ethnic groups. Is democracy as a system antithetical to ethnic affiliations of communities within Chad? And probably you can also say the same about uh, you know Africa, other African countries. You may see that different types of affiliations or interests or even different types of elements that aggregates people together can happen, right? So if you keep reading African politics in terms of ethnic identity, then it means uh, the rationality of the African as a as a citizen here is only motivated through their ethnic uh, um, affiliation. So I vote uh, candidate B because candidate B is from my ethnic background. But what I'm trying to say here is that if we can see African agency beyond the African agency beyond the African I'm talking here is the individual obviously beyond his ethnic uh, belonging, then uh, can we then start thinking of different types of uh, uh, political interests? Like uh, it can be professional belonging to uh, a class, for example. So if you belong to a class, uh, can you have different interests in competition, in a political competition? If you belong to, um, let's say, to a professional, uh, yeah, I said profession. If you belong to a different ethnic economic background, do you have different uh, political affiliations? So irrespective of the irrespective of the, uh, the background of the candidates, can you think of uh, so uh, of politics beyond uh, uh, this ethnic identification and see what that actually matters to 
uh, those African, especially in uh, 60 years after colonization. Mm. And and I'm I'm curious about how uh, the local media in Chad, uh, you know, covers these uh, political competitions and this uh, conversation of, uh, between uh, societies and, and communities about yes, how do we coexist? For example, in a country like Chad, uh, where you have very strong, uh, you know, groups of very strong ethnic identity, but then there is this uh, democratic ideal that uh, brings them together. So, how does the media come into all this? Uh, you know, in terms of coverage, what have you seen? Uh, actually, I think like quite different from countries like Kenya or Ivory Coast. Um, in Africa, where obviously the ethnic, uh, the ethnic element is prevalent in politics, uh, Chad is less about these coverages. So usually you'll find that most uh, newspapers they are against um, what is offered, uh, they against the government most of the time. So they, uh, because they are coming from, um, different background too like most of them are from issue from the uh, are coming from the civil um civil uh, society like uh, the most uh, the first press in chat actually like the first radio or the first uh, journals they emerge out of uh, collaboration between civil society actors so obviously that tends to uh, to play on their uh, not only on their audience but also on the their editorial as they're being more engaged again uh, for being engaged um, for government accountability, right? So they tend to be more against the government than sidelining with uh, what the government has been doing. Interesting. And and, and the space is there for them to do kind of uh, that kind of reporting, which obviously in this case, as you say, the government might not be happy with the kind of what the, they're, they're publishing. Yeah, uh, obviously they had a lot of hard time. Like you, if you think of Chad, uh, we start talking of democracy actually from early 90s. And so when in the beginning of 90s, uh, the local independent press had a lot of, went into many trouble when because of their independent coverage of politics. Uh, I, I remember, for example, like in 1990, um, there was... Um, one of the major uh, newspaper, which is called Njamena Ibdo, uh, was actually uh, burned down by the military because of uh, their coverage of politics. And this is still happening. Like you can see many editors going to prison because of uh, their coverage of, politicals, uh, of politics in Chad. Yeah. Does the Chadian constitution guarantee press freedom? Does that document assure them of their right to exist? Yeah, I think, uh, obviously, yes, Chad... Um, we can consider it a relatively free press. Like uh, even when you look at who owns the press, I remember from, I know that at least now two of the major press, like in Jamin Abdo, which I've been talking about, is owned by one of the major politicians from the positions, Alec Ibzabo. And uh, even uh, the second one, Le Temps, for example, uh, newspaper Le Temps, is owned by another uh, opposition leader, Galigo Tengata. So it means um, at least there is a, um, in the constitution, uh, there is a provision. There are provisions to guarantee freedom of the press, even if at some time, uh, sometimes or other, depending on uh, the topic that have been that have been covered, you may they may run in trouble. Obviously, yeah. interesting. Uh, um, 
I mean, we obviously cannot talk about Chad without mentioning, uh, you know, what's been happening uh, in the past few months. In April, the, the president, uh, Idris Deba, was uh, killed uh, in, in the battlefield. Uh, and now there's an ongoing uh, transition. Uh, and what I, I'm really curious about, I just want to place you uh, on the day when um, uh, news, uh, you know, came out that the president uh, has been killed. How did the media in Chad report in terms of what should happen uh, as far as the transition is concerned? Because there is a constitution and there, uh, uh, you know, the president had a deputy. So how did the media handle that? I think obviously like uh, many um, Chadim at the time, there, is, there was a shock, like living, that was the only president that many Chadim have seen for 30 years in power. He spent 30 years in power, so there was a shock of his sudden and brutal uh, demise. But then at the same time, there was a shock that he was succeeded actually by his own son. So it took, uh, uh, we managed to took uh, the control of the country. So I think from the beginning, uh, those two types of uh, uh, dynamics were at play where uh, we were concerned about uh, after 30 years of a single role of single role, we were concerned about um, the new direction that the country was going into with uh, the jo- the local dynamics of uh, geopolitics, obviously, like the Boko Haram war in Nigeria, in, in Niger, and uh, Islamist terrorists and uh, the rebellion coming from the north, uh, from Libya in the north. But then there was also an opportunity for the country to move forward into a more democratic era, right? So you have to combine those two elements, security issues, and then uh, the new aspiration of a country going into a more democratic and uh, liber- uh, more liberal kind of uh, society. Are you suggesting that there was a fi- there was a feeling, or was probably still a feeling within Chad, that a democratic government will not be as best uh, uh, equipped or uh, probably not be best in protecting uh, the country and dealing with the many security challenges that the uh, Chad faces? No, that's not. Uh, I mean, this is the narrative that was portrayed by the, those that supported the regime. But obviously, I, what I'm trying to say here is the balance in the media. Like, uh, how do you balance those two issues? Like, uh, at the same time, the security issues that the country is facing and at the time, same time, the aspiration of many Chadians for a new democratic era, right? So uh, I think this is what happened actually in the press, like trying to see, um, to, to understand the balance between those two dynamics and then reflecting on what kind of new, uh, what are the, what is the new design that, at least the design of the transition, like what should be the priorities and what should be the objectives of those transitions. So if you were to assess uh, what, you know, just in, in terms of where Chad is uh, at the moment, is it, a democracy in regression? Is it not a democracy? I mean, where is it in terms of the democracy continuum? I think we are in times of uncertainties, right? Like where we where we were coming from, we couldn't be worse from where we we are coming from. Like President Devi, he has full control of uh, the state. Like uh, all of uh, the, the regime has uh, his hands everywhere. So there was no. I, I don't think if President Debbie was still alive, there would be a chance for democracy in Chad. So now with a transitional government, there is a chance for this democracy to at least 
emerge. But then there are also worries about the direction that um, the new regime is taking, right? Like there are fewer guarantees that we would expect. So many people will expect um, the many many people many children will expect the the um, the regime that was built by DB to lose power at least to to lose strength. But then what we are trying to what we are saying is that is rebuilding itself through the transition instead of getting a uh, weakening. So uh, yeah, um, I f- the feeling of uncertainties, like uh, this is an opportunity, but is this opportunity going to be achieved uh, for new democracy in Chad, a new era of democracy? According to the timetable, the, um, there will be elections uh, next year. Uh, I'm curious, what, would, what do you want to see from the media in Chad uh, leading up to uh, the elections uh, next year? What kind of coverage do you want uh, to see? Um, I think even before the elections, like right now, the the, um, the Chadian politics is really divided, like what was formerly the opposition under President David, uh, because some, some, uh, some leaders have decided to support the transition, while others have decided to remain outside of the position. So what it means is that now the public opinion is divided over the um, which strategy is best for this transition. And we've seen the press actually, uh, and I believe, personally, I believe that for the Chadian people to seize this opportunity to build a new democracy is by coming together as one and fighting against the remaining power of the demise regime of President Levy. So obviously, when you see uh, that the press is still the one instilling those kind of uh, uh, attacking the position, the strategy of the lead, some leaders and supporting um, some narrative against the transition, then obviously what it means is that the public, the public opinion is getting more and more divided. So uh, personally, I would expect the press to do more like uh, a pedagogic job of explaining the benefits of uh, uh, the, the transition, like the opportunity that this transition represents for um, the, the Chilean people, and then leading to the to the elections uh, is more about the accountability once again, like the transparency of the process, and um, um, how do they make sure that the, the results that are being resi- released are the ones that are, have been expressed by the people. Right. So I think there are two types of jobs here: one before the elections, which is about. Uh, more pedagogical, like explaining the opportunities of this transition uh, for the for the people of Chad in general, and also the one that about coverage, uh, um, reporting on the transparency of the election. My, my last question uh, is definitely about uh, Chadians, and and I want to ask it in uh, in the context of uh, I believe uh, I'm sure this this is the case that Chad is probably the the uh, as hard. Uh, uh, the longest internet shutdown. I think it was 16 months, uh, which was kind of astonishing. And and I'm I'm curious about that period uh, in terms of how uh, Chadians were getting their news. Uh, obviously, in this case, I'm assuming exclusively uh, from the local media. Uh, and now that the internet uh, is open, and now they have access to um, uh, to other sources, so. Uh, could you just tell me, I mean, in, in terms of what's the relationship between uh, Chadians and the media and how does that um, 
you know, how does the internet uh, and access to the internet, uh, you know, uh, influence that relationship? But first of all, what I wanted to say is that um, there are two types of press in chat, right? Like when you think of um, um, the general population is undereducated, right? So what it means is that they have less access to the, to the regular press, like the print press. Obviously, what that, uh, there is even, even those who are educated, they don't have the means, uh, I mean, the resources, the financial resources to get access to these new papers. But with the internet, what is happening now is that uh, these press are going online, obviously, but the more they go online, it means also they have less, uh, they are charging less for uh for the print right so it means people are having uh, for the content so it means people are getting more access to the contents of these new papers online but when the internet was shut actually what happened is that uh people started getting their ways around by uh, the restrictions like by by using uh vpn on their phones so when you use myself i was using vpn it means i can get, still get access to the to facebook or uh twitter uh, even if officially there was restriction. So uh, this was something really curious because even government officials, they were using VPN to get access to those contents, but officially um, there were restrictions. So it, once again, it tells about uh, the effectiveness of the government in enforcing, uh, in enforcing uh, the law and regulations in Chad. Usually you have laws and regulations, but people still get their ways around by using uh, different techniques that are available to them. Right? And that was exactly with the case of uh, uh, the internet shutdown. It was for a long time, but people could still uh, get their way around uh, using VPNs. Yeah. You say that it was an internet restriction, not a shut internet shutdown. No, it was restriction on social media. People couldn't access WhatsApp. It wasn't just an internet shutdown. Thanks for clarifying that. Is there anything I've not asked you that you you, you think that I, I should definitely add? When you look at the media, there are the print media is not as big as the, the radios and the, the, like the radio. And most people, because they are undereducated, it means that they are more listening to the radio than they are uh and the radio they have programs in native languages so it means they are less reading newspaper than they are listening to the radio so the newspaper is really a small portion of the media in chat but still the newspaper is the one that is on the opposition like i was saying in my presentation most of the uh, many titles are actually owned by opposition leader politicians so it means they are reporting against the government so this is something that, yeah, that's something that is maybe strange about the case in China. And you have, I, I think there are only one newspaper that is sided with the government. Le Progrès is a, um, it's a, news, a daily newspaper called Le Progrès, and that's the only one I can remember of. This interview is part of a 10-part special series about how the media in Africa covers politics, governance, elections, and the impact this has on democracy on the continent. If you want to subscribe to my podcast, just search for the Dickens Olewe podcast on any of the main podcast apps. Let me know what you think about the series. Reach out to me on Twitter. My handle is at Dickens Olewe. Until next time, bye-bye.